Good morning. Um, good to be back. Uh, if you watch us on a regular basis, if you watch the Pastor Jay podcast on a regular basis, uh, I apologize for last week. It was the first week that we did not go live and um, <clears throat> had some def uh, technical difficulties with um, my internet. Well, the truth is my neighbor next door uh, had some guys landscaping and uh, they dug down and cut our uh, cable connection our internet, Wi-Fi, everything uh, was just off. And uh, th I, this is Thursday, if you're watching at a later date, if you're not watching live. And uh, we never got everything back up until uh, Friday. So uh, Thursday, I had no internet, no Wi-Fi, no nothing. I had lost contact with the outside world. And so it's good to be back this week and excited that you decided to join us uh, for the Pastor Jay podcast. And uh, I'm going to ask that if you are uh, watching on Facebook, that you hit share. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, that you also uh, subscribe. If you're not a subscriber uh, to the Pastor Jay podcast. Well, I'm excited. I've been away a week. Seems like I've been away for a long time, even though it's been a week. So I'm excited to, to share God's word today. And so as always, we're going to jump in first with prayer, and then we're going to jump right in to the word. Father, I just thank you and praise you for all that have gathered today to hear your word. Father, I thank you and praise you that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable to you, 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 my Lord and my Savior and Redeemer. I thank you and praise you that the ears of uh, those that are listening, their ears will be uh, open, their understanding will be made clear as we dive deep into your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, this is really part three. I, you know, our overall theme of the Pastor Jay podcast is to get to the heart of God. We want to have God's heart. Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the only one that has ever walked this earth that can show us the true heart of God. You know, um, man, I'm off my off. Here I go off my notes already. <clears throat> John chapter one says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. All things were made by him and without him, nothing that was made was made. And then you get down to verse 14 in John chapter one. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us, talking about Jesus Christ, God incarnate. He came to this earth. He walked with us. And again, I want to put emphasis on this. Jesus was God walking the earth. And so the God that walked the earth can't be any different than the God that we read about in the Bible or any other God. I like what John 1 18 says. I think I have it right here. John, John chapter one, verse 18 in the Amplified Bible says, no one has seen God, his essence, his divine nature at any time. Talking about no human. The only and only begotten God, that is the unique son, we're talking about Jesus Christ, who is in the intimate presence of the Father. I love this. He has explained him. Jesus Christ is the true 
person that has explained God, has interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of the Father. So our understanding of God has to start, stop, and end with Jesus Christ. In any explanation, any description, and any scripture in the Bible that does not describe, explain, or interpret God the way Jesus did as Jesus related to people when he walked the earth, I have to dismiss it as whoever the writer was, whatever scripture it was, they did not have a clear understanding of who God was. They misrepresented God in what they wrote in the Bible. Because when Jesus showed up, he said in John chapter 14, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen God. And a lot of things that they depicted that God would do, he never did. They thought that Jesus would come and kill all of their enemies. I'm talking about the Jewish people. They thought when Jesus would come that his only, only uh, mission on earth was to take the children of Israel, establish their kingdom uh, in Jerusalem where they would rule, and he would do this by killing people. And so that's what they expected. And so Jesus showed up and they were like, okay, let's go get all our enemies. Let's go kill all our enemies. And, and Jesus said something that blew them away in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. He says, love your enemies. Wait a minute. What did you just say? Jesus said, love your enemies. But I thought when Jesus would come, he would help us kill all of our enemies. Jesus said, no, I'm here to teach you how to love your enemies and to bless those that curse you and to do good to those that hate you and to pray for all those that despitefully use, uh, use you. Well, Jesus, what are we going to do to our enemies? Because our enemies should be your enemies. What are we going to do? He said, forgive them. Forgive them? Yes, forgive all of your enemies. And then he says this, I'm going to give you a new commandment, one you've never heard before. And this commandment is, John 13, 34, that you love all humans. That you love all humans the way that I have loved you. That from this point on will be your standard because that is what God does. Wow. And yet religion has stolen his message because that is what we're talking about. We're on part three of recovering the message of Jesus Christ. And Jesus told his followers, you and I, if we are a follower, to go show the world his unconditional love. And instead of taking to the world the message of unconditional love, we're right, we're right back to this weaponized version of God and Jesus Christ. And that is God is going to kill all of his enemies. And when Jesus returns, what is he coming back for? He's coming back to kill all of his enemies. And that is not true. Why do I know that's not true? Because the first time Jesus came and they told him and they said, that's what he's supposed to do. And it's almost like, well, Jesus, you didn't get it right the first time. 
you didn't read the scripture and you didn't get it right the first time. You were supposed to come here and you were supposed to conquer all of our enemies. And, and you just messed up. OK, go to heaven. You come back. And now the second time when he's coming back, he's coming back on a horse this time. Forget about that uh, manger stuff, being born in a manger. <laughs> Forget about that story. He's coming back on a horse. And what is he going to do? He's going to do what he should have done the first time. And this time he's going to get it right. What is he going to do? This going to kill all the enemies. Going to kill all of our enemies. Well, who are his enemies? Those that didn't sign up for the team. Not those that did wrong. Not those that were morally bankrupt. Uh, they can be a part of the, they can be on the team. But it's those that didn't sign up for the team. Those are the ones that he's coming back to get. So we've been talking about, again, recovering the true message of Jesus Christ. And um, the famous Sermon on the Mount, I, I've always, uh, when I was pastoring, uh, loved teaching Matthew 5, 6, and 7. <clears throat> because when Jesus came to earth, he basically says, I'm getting ready to show you this new and living way. I'm getting ready to show you how God actually relates to all humans. And this was such a departure from what they thought God, how God, how they thought, how God wanted them to uh, teach people based upon the Mosaic law. Jesus came and he says, look, I am not here to argue scripture because they were constantly running back to the Mosaic law and says, but Moses said this, but Moses said this, and Jesus would disarm them. And if you ever want to disarm somebody who wants to debate scripture, tell them I'm not here to debate scripture. And I go, what are we, what are we going to do if we're not going to debate scripture? Uh, we're going to do something better than scripture. Go inside of yourself. How many of you know that God put himself inside of all humans long before there was ever one uh, scripture written called Genesis. And long after they had said, amen. We think that God is contained between in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and revelation where he said, amen. And for all of us, that's God. That's not God. God existed long before there was Genesis 1, 1. How did, how did he connect with man? We all have a conscience. We all have a conscience, which makes us conscious of God, conscious of God. We all know right and wrong. Atheists know right and wrong. They can say they don't believe God, they don't believe in God, but they know they have a moral compass. They know what's right or wrong. They know it's wrong to kill. They know it's wrong to steal. They know it's wrong to go sleep with somebody else's wife. They know, they know, they know, they know it's wrong but they don't believe in God. Well, where did they get it from? Because Romans chapter two, verse 14 and 15, Paul discovered that the Holy Spirit showed him that the conscience of God is in all men. But Matthew five, six, and seven, um, famous sermon on the Mount, uh, where Jesus is basically laying out this new and living way because it's now, it's no longer based on law and punishment. I'm going to teach you a new way, God's true way, that based on love and forgiveness. 
Jesus comes and he says, sin for God is not a crime that needs to be punished. He said, sin, God doesn't see sin as a crime that needs to be punished. God sees sin as a sickness that needs to be healed. And he sent me, Jesus Christ, to be your healer. I am the great physician. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power, who went about doing good and healing, healing all those that were oppressed by the devil. And again, like I said, uh, up until now, the Jews, they thought that Jesus would come to wipe out their enemies. In fact, over in Luke chapter 1, verse 7, 70 through 74, Luke chapter 1, verse 70 through 74, um, <clears throat> New King James Version of the Bible says, as he spoke, he being Jesus Christ, by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we, I'm sorry, this is not Jesus speaking, that we should be saved from our enemies. This is Luke talking. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. That's what they thought Jesus would do, that he would save them from their enemies and from the hands of all who hate us to perform, verse 72, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. That's what the Jews thought that Jesus was going to come and render them free from all of their enemies so that they can serve God. And then Jesus shows up and he begins this sermon on the Mount. And what he's saying is totally different from what they believe. And so we're just gonna walk through, uh, uh, through these scriptures because again, a lot of scripture, a lot of, uh, Christians falsely believe that somehow God is at war with the wicked. Wicked literally means twisted thinking. But uh, for a lot of Christians, the wicked are anyone, anybody that's not like us, they're part of the wicked. They're the wicked. Now, we can act wicked and we can be wicked, but they're not. The reason why they're wicked is because they're not on our team. So uh, the Muslims are wicked and the Jews are wicked and the Hindus are wicked and the atheists are wicked. And anybody that didn't sign up for Christianity, oh, there's a clause here, is not sign up just for Christianity. Those that didn't sign up for Christianity through our church and our denomination and how we do it, those are because even among Christians, we have other Christians who we call wicked, you know, if we attend the, the Baptist, Methodist, Apostolic, Lutheran, Catholic, uh, we will point our fingers at them and say they're the wicked ones. Well, God doesn't see anybody as wicked. He loves them all. God is not against anybody. God is for all of us because God created all of us to bear his image. He created all of us to be image bearers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came to show us what the true image of God is. And all of us, 
Muslim, Jew, Hindu, atheist, uh, homosexual, it doesn't matter. If you are a human being, God created you to be an image bearer. And he gave us this wonderful example, this wonderful gift called Jesus Christ to show us the true image of God. And Jesus said, follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Be ye imitators of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he has shown us God. And anything that you say is of God that you cannot show Jesus Christ did, you are misunderstanding who God is. So let me run through uh, Matthew 5. I'm not going to run through. I'm going to take my time. If I don't get done today, doggone it. We'll be back next week. But in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 38 and 39. Let's start or here. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. <clears throat> he said, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, teaching out of the Mosaic Law. But I say unto you, do not resist the one who is evil. What was he saying? Under the Mosaic Law, it's like if they hit you, you hit them back. They talk about your mama, you talk about their mama. Whatever bad thing they do to you, you do it right back to them or worse. And Jesus said, I know you've been taught that. And I'm not here to argue whether or not it says that. But I got something new I want to tell you. And that is, <laughs> but I say, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slap you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, that's metaphorically speaking. I don't want anybody to walk up to me and say, well, I saw you on the Pastor Jay podcast and you said that if I slap you on the cheek, that you should just turn the other cheek. I'm not advocating physical violence because if you hit me, I may not, I may forget this scripture. <laughs> okay. I just may forget this scripture. And uh, after they're picking you up off, off the floor, Say, so, oh, yeah, it did say turn the other cheek. No, we're not into violence, okay? I'm not telling you to come slap me, and I certainly don't want to slap you, but that's not what he was saying. He was just saying, do not return evil for evil. That's the point. If they do something evil to you, you, you don't go home and say, <laughs> like when I was growing up uh, in, in my neighborhood, uh, guys would say, uh, stay here till I get back. That means they were going home to get their gun. And if you were stupid enough to stay there, uh, no, you don't turn the other cheek. It's okay. Uh, uh, God told me to turn the other cheek. So I'll be waiting right here uh, after you go home and get your gun and come right back. No, no, no. no you, one thing about the Bible is, is that it's not void of common sense. It doesn't tell you, it doesn't tell you to just read the scripture and forget common sense. I don't know why I'm even talking about this, but the point is, uh, he said, turn the other cheek. And in other words, uh, don't return evil for evil. He also says, let, let's in, in Matthew 5, 43 through 48, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Again, Jesus is making the contrast between what they believed and what they should be believing. Okay, so he says, look here, you have heard or you have been taught that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say unto you, I am not arguing with you scripture. But this is what I'm saying. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies 
and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes his son that is some that is a metaphor for love if if i can replace the word with son s u n with l o v e for he makes his love rise on the evil and on the good and it's a total departure from what jews believe they thought that god punished the evil he punished their enemies. And Jesus is coming along and says, no, God loves the good and the bad. And he says he makes his son or love rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain, which is another metaphor for love, on the just and the unjust. He says he loves them all. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? I call that cheap love. There's cheap love and there's expensive love. Cheap love is when people love you and you say, I love you. What you're really saying is that I love you for what you do for me. That's cheap love. And if you know anything about anything that's cheap, it will not last. It will not last. One thing my natural father taught me about clothes. He said, boy, don't go out and buy those cheap clothes. Why? They don't cost that much. I know. There's a reason why they don't cost that much. It's because they're cheap, especially with shoes. Daddy, with, with that, that, my daddy didn't wear cheap shoes. You know, well, I'm cheap and I want to go out and buy a cheap pair of shoes thinking that I would have, I would have more money in my pocket. But here, my father, uh, uh, let's say I went out and play, bought a pair of shoes for $50. Daddy bought a pair of shoes for $200. By the time Daddy, Daddy's shoes, uh, the one pair had, had wore out that he paid $200 for, uh, I didn't bought five pair of shoes, six pair of shoes, seven pair of shoes in that same time because I bought cheap shoes. And a lot of people are trying to build relationships on cheap love. Cheap love is that I want you to do for me. That's all this love is all about. This love is about what you do for me. And it doesn't cost me anything. That's cheap love and it won't last. People are trying to have marriages on cheap love. They're trying to have families on cheap love. They're trying to have friends on cheap love. You cannot have a relationship with anyone on cheap love. It's going to cost you. For he goes on, he says, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Have you do not even the tax collectors do the same? Tax collectors like love the people that pay their taxes. Why? Because all they have to do is to collect them. And if you greet only your brother, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, growing into complete maturity of godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity as your heavenly father is perfect. He said, you got to change the way you think. Why? Because expensive love will tell you to love your enemies. Love your enemies. That's, that's going to cost you something. Why? Because I'm mad at you. I know you're out to get me and I'm going to love you anyway. That costs you something. That's called expensive love. Love your enemy and bless those that curse you. That's expensive love. Do good to those that 
hate you. That's expensive love. Pray for those that despitefully use you. That's expensive love. And watch this, which I believe is the ultimate cost that love has to pay. And that is forgive everyone that hurt you. And you're sitting around in a relationship talking about what they're not doing for you, what they're not doing for you. Why? Because that's cheap love. Doesn't cost you anything. You just sit back and receive. But expensive love is about what you give. It's about what you give. And again, you cannot build a relationship. It will not last. Cheap love. Let me move on. Whew, this is good stuff. John chapter 3. I'm going to answer. Um, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and it's like, how, how can I walk? How, how can I, how can I see what you're seeing? Jesus in John chapter three, he, he's talking to Nicodemus and Nicodemus, who is a ruler of the Jews, a teacher, a Bible teacher. He teaches between he teaches the books between Genesis and Malachi. He sees Jesus doing all of these ph phenomenal things. He, he sees Jesus. Uh, first of all, the people are drawn to him. He sees Jesus opening blinded eyes, uh, making the deaf to talk, the dumb to hear, the lame to walk. He's seen me doing all these wonderful things. And in John chapter three, Nicodemus comes to Jesus one night sneaks in by night didn't you know didn't want other people to see him talking uh to this guy named jesus who supposedly don't know god but he recognized that this guy must be from god so he says jesus i know you're from god no man can do what you're doing except god be with him how are you doing this stuff and jesus responds and he says nicodemus you must be born again because if you are not born again, you cannot see how I'm doing these things. You must have an encounter with God. Wait a minute. I thought Nicodemus already knew God. He teaches Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua. He actually is a teacher of the Bible. And Jesus said, you don't even know God. Whoa, that's deep. You don't even know God and you are a teacher of the Bible that says that you are explaining God. And he says, until you really have an encounter with God, Nicodemus, you'll never even see. So me telling you what I'm doing. So he uses the phrase, you must be born again. And Jesus, at the end of this conversation, says to him, are you the teacher of Israel? and you don't know, or you can't see these things, that should let you know, Nicodemus, there's something else that you need from God, and I'm here to give it to you. I'm here to let you see God, because that it, what, that's what it truly means to be born again. That's what it truly means for Christians when they say that I'm saved or I'm born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. What it's saying is that there has been an awakening that I can now see how God does things. I can now understand how God does things. That is the ultimate of being a new creation. That is the ultimate of being saved or born again. It is not, I, I avoided hell. That is not the message of Jesus Christ. 
to avoid hell. It is to that I can now bear the image of God, the true image of God, the Imago Dei. I can now bear the true image of God. I can now walk in the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the authority of God, the compassion of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the understanding of God. I have now been awakened to it. I can now see it. I can now understand it. Instead of looking at people of them against them and us, I realize that all of us are part of the us. All of us are the them, that there is no difference between people. There is no difference between the blacks and the whites and the Hispanics and the Orientals and the Middle Eastern. There is no difference that we are all a part of the human family. That's what it means. There's no difference when I look at whether you're gay or straight, whatever, whatever your sexual orient, I see your humanity. I see you as a human being. That's what it means to be born again. That's what it means to be enlightened. That's what it means to be transformed. It's the ultimate is how you love people. That's why John uh, talked extensively in first John that says, God love it. Love is the, is the only way that we know that we know God. Why? By the way, we love each other. That is the only, that is the only barometer. You can say, uh, I've confessed with my mouth, the Lord Jesus, and I believe with all my heart. Uh, you can say, I've been baptized in Jesus name or baptized in, uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, or I've been sprinkled in all these rituals. I take communion. You can say all of that, but the true barometer the true indicator, the only indicator that you know that you have truly been touched by God is the desire to love people because that's the message of Jesus Christ that he wants us to take to the world. That is the gospel. God loves you. God loves you. And he sent his only begotten son Jesus Christ to die for your sins. That's his expression of love for you. He's not here to punish you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He doesn't see you wicked. He doesn't see you as evil. He doesn't see you as whatever nasty name Christians can uh, go into the Bible and try to apply to other people. Of course, not themselves. I don't see any of those things. All I see when I look at another human being is someone to love. And he, Jesus, is telling Nicodemus. And until you have an encounter, a true encounter with God, you'll never see. All you'll ever see, Nicodemus, is Jews and other people. Paul gets a revelation of that. And Paul makes this declaration uh, in the book of Galatians. He says, for the first time in my life. After encountering Jesus Christ, I see no difference between the Jew and the Greek or the Jew and the Gentile. I see no, diff no difference than slave or free, male or female. I don't see differences when I look at a human being. All I see is someone to love. 
Paul used to teach the Mosaic law. And he said, I've had an encounter with God and I see life totally different. You know, Jesus had this, um, he had this encounter with Zacchaeus and um, because the Jews at this time, uh, they were more interested in just Jews. And uh, Zacchaeus had climbed up uh, to a tree to see Jesus. They say he was short of stature. And uh, let me read this for you. Zacchaeus is uh, the story of Zacchaeus. It's in Luke chapter 19, verse four through nine. Okay. And he wants to see Jesus. And uh, again, Jesus is making this, this, this total change in how and teaching them and how they should see people. And, and see, he says, uh, so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Zacchaeus looking at Jesus for, he, for uh, he was going to pass that way. Jesus is coming near Zacchaeus house. And we, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste, came down out of the tree and received Jesus Christ joyfully. But when they saw it, the religious people, the people who claim they know God, they all complain to, about Jesus, saying he was gone to he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. What is wrong with Jesus? He's hanging out with the wicked. He's hanging out with evil people. If he was truly from God, he would not hang out because they're part of the us. They're part of the them. They're different from us. You're not supposed to mix in with those people. Jesus is teaching a very valuable lesson. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the, said to the Lord, 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 I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Zacchaeus has had this encounter with Jesus Christ, and he realized that I have done wrong toward people. And he began to repent for the things that he had done wrong after he had been, the, the, the religious folks said he's a sinner. No, Jesus said he's sick and he needs to be healed. And I'm the healer and I'm going to heal him. And when Zacchaeus encounters the love of Jesus Christ, he said, let me read this again. He Zacchaeus said and said to the Lord, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'm going to give it to him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, today salvation has come to this house. You have been enlightened. You're going, you can be transformed now. You can see God the way that he needs to be seen. Now you can't contrast this. We, we don't have time to turn there. But in Mark chapter 10, I believe it is. Yeah, Mark chapter 10 is the story of the rich young ruler. And over there in that story, 
the rich young ruler uh, runs up to Jesus Christ and he says, uh, good master. Jesus said, why are you calling me good? There's no one good but God. And he says, what must I do to be saved? And he says, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And then you'll find treasure in heaven. And upon this request that Jesus tell this rich man to give up all he has, sell it to the poor. So and and then he'll have sell all that he has, give the proceeds to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. The Bible says he walked away sad. And in a conversation, his disciples are watching him. And Jesus makes this statement. It is hard for a rich man to be saved as it is for an eye for camel to go through the eye of a needle. And because the disciples thought that rich people were closer to God than anybody, they asked him the question, then who can be saved? It's rich people can't be saved. And he said, with, with man, it's impossible. All things are possible to God. And Jesus said, let me clarify something that I said. I am not saying rich people can't be saved. What I'm saying is it's hard for people who trust in riches to be saved. Why? Because their real source is their money. Their money is their God. And as long as money is their God, it's going to be hard for them because to follow the true God, they have to put down their God, which is money. He said it's going to be difficult next to impossible for people whose money, whose, whose God is money to follow Christ because he's not saying you got to give away your money. He says that. Why? Because now you got to make God your source. God is the source. You can get the money, but you honor God. It's not done by the sweat of your brow. It's not done by your ingenuity. It's not done by how smart you are. It's done because God has blessed you and you followed his instructions. And when you know God is blessed, you have no problem giving it away. You have no problem sharing it with others. But this guy, he never ever could do it because he never would receive Christ first. He would not put Christ ahead of his money. But Zacchaeus on the other hand, he put Christ above everything. And then it changed his heart, totally changed his heart. Again, we're talking about the message of Jesus Christ and how this message that we're supposed to take to the world is to show the love of God, the joy, the peace, the forgiveness of God, the understanding of God. Instead of taking this message of join up for our team or God's going to come back and burn you. That is not. The message, Jesus never taught that message. Jesus never told anybody to go take that message. But that's the message that we keep taking to the world. Turn or burn. And where do we go to get all of that? Out of this book called the Bible. Or we think we got it. This, this, this book that we were supposed to use to love people, we use it to weaponize and to come against people and to say, you're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong. And then we open it up and say, we're right. We're right. We're right. We're right. And then God looks down and says, all have seen, all have seen, have come short of the glory of God. Everyone needs me.
It's not you don't need me. You need me just as much as the person who you think don't need me, because that's, again, part of the self-righteousness that we get. And we talk about I'm saved, I'm this, I'm that, and they need it more than me. No, <laughs> we all need God the same. We all need him the same. We all need him just as much as someone else. You don't ever get to the point where you need less of him than someone else. That, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Look, I'm out of time. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, again, I'm Pastor Julius. This has been the Pastor J Podcast. Uh, we're talking about recovering or our, our main topic, our umbrella topic is getting at the heart of God. And what we're doing now, what we've been teaching is reclaiming the message of Jesus Christ that has been stolen by religion. It has been weaponized by religion. Religion has used it to segregate, denominate, and do all these things with the message of Jesus Christ when his message was, go love, be my example of love to the world. Go love. That's all I want you to do is go out and love people, love on people and love on people. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then then you can influence people to be like me. But instead, we go out and sometimes anger, bitterness, upset at people. And Jesus said, I never told you to go out and do that. I never told you to do it. So that's what we've been sharing over the last few weeks. We're going to continue to share uh, on uh, recovering and, and all the other um, things that are in the word of God that we should be picking up and the things that are in the word of God that, that we should be putting down and to rightly divide the word of truth and rightly dividing the Bible is not going to a, a Greek Hebrew dictionary or an Aramaic, Aramaic dictionary to find out the meaning of a word that is not rightly dividing the word, the Bible, rightly dividing the Bible is knowing what is written in this Bible that represents the heart of God and what is written in this Bible that doesn't. And we divide the Bible between those things that don't represent the heart of God and those things that do represent the heart of God. And the person that shows us that is Jesus Christ. Well, if you've been watching on Facebook, please subscribe. Uh, if you're on, uh, I'm sorry, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're watching on Facebook, please hit like, share. If you'd like to leave a positive comment, or even if you have a a, a really a question that you like answer. I, I love to answer uh, questions that are non questions that you're not trying to set up a debate. You know, it's it's amazing how many people they want to ask me a question, but they really disagree with something that I say. And instead of just saying I disagree because I will not debate you if you disagree, they will try to put it in the form of a statement. And one guy does this. <laughs> He's so funny. He will tell me, he will ask me a question. He will write it out. It's like, well, well, Julius, if you are saying this, and then uh, this is my answer, if you are saying this, and, and his answer is in a disagreement to the answer that he gave for me. He didn't give me a chance to answer it. He answered it for me. And he, in his answer, <laughs> he's disagreeing. He's disagreeing with himself. It's, it's really weird. 
It's really weird. And then he goes on and explain uh, how to correct the answer that he gave. So I, I don't get, I don't play these games. I don't, don't play them. If you have a genuine question, I'll try to answer it to the best of my ability. Like I, here's my disclaimer. If the knowledge of the Bible is this wide, okay, is this wide, this wide. My knowledge of the Bible is about this much. And every week I ask God to expand. And so if my knowledge of the Bible last week was this much, my knowledge of the Bible and understanding God, oh, it's about right here. And it'll take me the rest of my life to get out to here. But you know what? So is everyone else. That's our, but we're constantly growing and evolving and the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we do. That's why I'm not hard on people that I disagree with. Man, we're all growing. We're all preaching what we're convicted by. And we just let the Holy Spirit change us. Amen. Let's pray before we go. Father, I just thank you and praise you for all those that have come to hear your word. Let something been said today that find lodging in our hearts. Father, I thank you and praise you. I speak peace and blessings and, and protection over everyone under the sound of my voice, Father. I thank you and praise you that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that we're able to walk through the valleys of the shadows of death and not fear any evil because you are with us. I thank you that everyone out there, that everything they put their hands to will prosper. You'll give them peace. You'll give them love. And they'll walk in that in all that they do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like I say, this has been the Pastor J podcast. Uh, again, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, please, uh, if you like to leave a positive comment, go right ahead. If you like to share, I really appreciate it. With uh, I really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe. Until next Thursday morning at 1030 or whenever you're watching this, uh, God bless you. God love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye now.